You're listening to Contractor Evolution, where we unpack the systems, tactics, and skills you need to take your fast-growing contracting business to the next level. If you're here to learn what it takes to scale up, work less, and increase profitability, you've come to the right place. Stay tuned to learn what separates the new breed of contractor from the old school, and welcome to your ultimate guide on the business of contracting. Hey everyone, welcome back to Contractor Evolution. New employees, even experienced ones, generally come with more skill gaps than advertised. Like how many times have you hired someone you thought possessed certain skills only to find out on site that they in fact do not? The reality is that when it comes to the talent pool, almost no one is truly plug and play. And I'm not trying to knock your hiring decisions either, by the way. This is just a reality of onboarding. Your business has certain ways in which it needs things done. SOPs, hopefully, that you need followed. Workflows that need to be adopted. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of intricacies and nuances about how you do things that don't always line up with how your new recruits have been trained via their previous experience, their old employers, or their education. And maybe... They haven't been trained at all. Many of our entrepreneurs at Breakthrough Academy gravitate towards hiring for personality only and training that skill. These people obviously face a steeper learning curve, but greener employees generally are more malleable and possess fewer bad habits, which makes getting them to adopt your processes, your quality standards, and just generally fit into the fabric of your culture and team an easier hill to climb. This, of course, doesn't work for every role in your company. I would not advocate making a high school graduate your operations manager, for instance. But for a large portion of your org chart, this way of going about it can totally work. Either way, whether you prefer hiring seasoned vets with tons of experience or relative newbies who need to be shown the ropes, it's safe to say being good at transferring skill and knowledge is an asset. We've all worked with someone in the past, or you may actually have this person working for you right now, who is unbelievably talented at the hands-on work, but for the life of them couldn't explain to someone else how to do something, leaving them frustrated and their crew confused and underutilized. You can probably picture the person I'm talking about in your mind's eye right now. Here's the thing. Transferring skill is a skill and it's not something that comes naturally to a lot of people. So as we head into a busy spring and summer season, I thought we would share a simple training nugget that you can use with your key reports or better yet, you can disseminate this with your team, especially the people in like leadership positions or those who are responsible for training on some level, crew leaders, foremen, site supervisors, lead carpenters, job site managers, whatever. In fact, if this conversation resonates with you, you can literally just hit the share button on whatever platform you're on and send this to whoever you think on your team needs to hear it. Anyway, let's dive in. Here's the nugget. It's called Doragi, D-O-R-A-G-I. And it sounds weird, but it really works. You know we love acronyms here at BTA with GSRs and MBPs and CSRs and SOPs and the list goes on. Doragi stands for Demonstrate, Observe, Redemonstrate. The AG stands for Assign a Goal and Inspect. Demonstrate, observe, redemonstrate, assign a goal, and inspect. Now, this trick can work for a whole gamut of skills and competencies. You can do raggy with a new painter who's learning how to cut in French windows with a two and a half inch brush, or you can do raggy with a new sales coordinator who is learning how to pull end of week reports from your CRM to summarize the team's performance. Super versatile, you can use it anywhere. So let's start with demonstrate. 
People need to be shown what good looks like. And given the tactile and hands-on nature of much of the work your business performs, showing someone in person, side-by-side, how to do a given task is way more useful than flip charts in a boardroom. So with your learner at your side, visually show them every step of the process and slow it way down. A good rule of thumb is to do it at half speed, which I'll just tell you right now is going to feel painful for you if you're demonstrating a skill you're really good at. You'll be tempted to like do it at full speed. But remember, this is about their learning and not about your showing off. So verbally talk them through every step of the way and try to focus on why you do things a certain way, right? So it would be like, hey, I actually angle the saw this way when I make the cut because, or when a client gives us that objection, I usually handle it this way and here's why. Giving people the reasons why makes it easier for them to mentally grab onto the concepts and store them. It's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. It just kind of gives them a mental anchor. So um, if the situation allows for it, do a couple reps in front of them. And that's basically how you demonstrate. Observe. Okay, so with your little demo complete, it's time to switch roles and watch them give it a try. Now, be ready for them to be absolutely brutal at whatever the thing is. You're going to want to face palm yourself in exasperation, especially if you're kind of impatient like me. In bad situations, you might even just want to grab the tool back and show them again, but don't. Just try to be gracious, resist the urge to immediately point out the mistakes they inevitably make. Instead, what you want to do is adopt a watcher's mindset. And for those of you who meditate, this will come pretty naturally. You're staying alert. You're paying close attention to how they carry about the task, but you're withholding from judging or labeling it in the moment, at least, as good or bad. Just watch. Keep your mouth shut. Let them fumble through it. This, by the way, is why training environments are so important. Trying to do a skill transfer on a high-pressure project that's behind schedule generally ends in disaster. So if you know, for instance, that the month of June is going to be full of trainings on various things... Make sure the jobs you schedule and perform that month allow for it. Try not to chuck them straight into the meat grinder right away. You know what I mean? If you're training office staff in your own office or salespeople like at appointments, the situation's a little more forgiving, but for field staff, be mindful. But back to this observe part of the framework for a second. Even if you have zero systems in place, Doraghi will still work. For it to be truly maximized, though, you're going to want to have what we call a competency model in your hands. You might also call this a training checklist. This is a simple tool that articulates the various things someone needs to show competence in for you to kind of so- sign off on them and, and feel good about having them go off on their own. It's got a scoring matrix and room for written notes. Think of it just like a really well-organized role breakdown designed for a training environment where you can give quick and effective and specific feedback to the learner. Now, if you want to download your own fill in the blanks version of a training checklist, which you can edit and make fit your own business and the roles you're training for, click the link in the description, check out our training list, our training checklist tool. It's yours for free. Redemonstrate. Okay. So with your observations complete and their gaps noted, either mentally or on that training checklist you just downloaded, you're going to switch roles again. You're going to show them the exact same sequence of steps again, but this time emphasizing the gaps. 
When you dip the brush in the paint that much, you overload it with paint, which is why you're finding it hard to keep drips and streaks off the glass. Here, this is about how much you need on your brush for a window. Just one example. Or, hey, when you pull the sales reports without double-checking the date ranges, you end up with excess numbers from the previous week, which gives us inaccurate data to make decisions off of. Here, let me show you again. You get what I mean? You're emphasizing the gaps. I don't think I need to belabor the point. This is your chance to visually show them the work-ons that you identified. A final thought on this step of the process. Part of this is about the literal showing them how to do something. But this operates on a semi-subliminal level too. Beyond the specific thing you're doraggying, you're also messaging to them something even more important. And at a time when they're the most receptive. And that message is this. We have standards here and we check them. You want and need to imprint on the new team member's mind the important fact that your business has procedures, certain ways of doing things, and that you hold tension to these. This isn't some willy-nilly shit show where everyone does everything their own unique way and it's very individualistic. No, there's a, there's a process for this. And by the way, setting the standard is way easier on day one than it is at the six-month mark or beyond because that window of malleability when they're agreeable and excited to learn does unfortunately close. Doregi takes advantage of it. Okay, assign a goal. This is what the AG stands for. With all that teaching out of the way, we want the learner to now get some reps under their belt. So sticking with this painting example, if we were teaching them how to do a window, we'd have them paint four in a row with a time goal. Um, if we were teaching them how to hang hardy board siding, we would give them a section to complete. Just whatever the thing you're teaching them is, Find them somewhere between half an hour and an hour's worth of work to focus on and execute. Now, it's tempting to dump dozens of different little work-ons, but try to give them a max of two. Given their newness, there will be many deficiencies in their technique, but try to pick the top two that will move the needle the most for them. Our brains can only hold so much in focus at one time, so resist that urge to give them all the feedback at once. They won't be able to do anything with it all. As they work, you absolutely don't want to leave sight, but if you have another crew member to check in on, a phone call to return, uh, maybe a quick chat to have with the, the customer, anything else that requires your attention, now is a good time for that. Keep an eye on them, but for the most part, this is their chance to really sink their teeth into the learning. Inspect. Okay, pretty self-explanatory. With the chunk of work assigned done, it's time to comb over it. Be picky but not demoralizing. Point out a few more work-ons, give them some encouragement, be as specific as you can. This is really important. Saying, hey, I really liked how you kept all your tools right next to you, even as you moved around the site, because that eliminates waste by reducing that time spent grabbing stuff where you're running back and forth looking for things. So keep that up. Like that means a lot more to a new person than good job. If the quality of work you're looking at is within the realm of what you would call acceptable, give them a larger chunk of work to go do. If it isn't in the realm of what you would consider acceptable, you just literally start this whole process again and go back up to D. Demonstrate, observe, re-demonstrate, assign a goal, and inspect. Some closing thoughts on transferring skill. When working with newbies, pay extra special attention to three things. 90% of the issues will be in one of these three buckets. Number one is planning. 
Are they using their brain when approaching the task or just flying at it? Most tasks on a competency model have a best practice, an order, a sequence to the task that gets learned from experience. When people mindlessly throw themselves at work, they often create downstream problems which they need to clean up later. I actually once had a painter who painted like literally like a toddler. He'd do a bit on the top right of the wall, then the bottom left, then do a random spot in the middle, then go back to the top right until he got bored again, leaving the substrate looking like a Jackson Pollock-esque painting and the rest of the crew completely scratching their heads. Make sure the new recruit is thinking while they work. Number two, intensity. There is a hustle level, a tempo that characterizes profitable job sites. People move quickly, but they're not manic or chaotic. And if you're training someone who is just a bit too, I don't know, leisurely in their work, work on it with them. Literally show them the expected tempo with your own body. If you have to, use timers to show them the difference between that sluggish pace and the one you're looking for. If a month down the road, they're still not understanding that this is a for-profit business and the pace of work matters, then you can exit them. But don't underestimate your ability to influence their intensity level without trying first. And the third thing to look at when you're training new people are details. Moving quickly backfires pretty fast if in the process you create a mess that needs to be cleaned up later. While I don't think you'll ever turn a complete slob into a perfectly hygienic OCD type, I do actually think attention and detail can be trained to some degree. Now, instead of trying to coach them how to pay closer attention, what I would do is create little micro QC checks, quality control checks that force them to methodically examine small pieces of work first for correctness before moving on to another. And lastly, YouTube is your friend. The volume of content available to you and your teams, even on highly technical stuff, is mind-blowing. If you're in construction, get your guys on a Matt Reisinger. If you're in landscaping, go check out Tiger and Gertz or B&B Lawn Care or the National Association of Landscape Professionals. If you're a roofer, check out Veteran Construction or Dmitry Lipinski. If you're a painter, Nick Slavic or Paint Life TV, aka Idaho Painter, he's the best. Uh, if you're a drywaller, check out Drywall Shorty. If you're in an industry I didn't mention, just type it into YouTube search bar. Before you go ambitiously build a whole bunch of custom training videos and place them into an LMS, you might just want to go check and see if the old YouTube has got what you need for free. Whether you realize it or not, we all suffer from the curse of knowledge. We've become so expert at what we do that we've forgotten what it's like to not know much at all. And that information gap is what Doraghi is meant to help you address. You were new once too, so slow it down, practice patience, share the know-how you've accumulated, and have some faith. Training is an organizational skill your company will benefit from for decades if you invest in it. I'll see you next week. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of Contractor Evolution. Uh, if you've already subscribed to our channel, consider sharing this episode with another contractor who you think needs to hear it.